Welcome, wombat folk and trolls, sorcerers and orcs to Rated RPG, the fantasy role-playing podcast where we toss dice and have fun adventures with our friends. This is the Valley of Green Gold, episode 27. Previously in the Valley of Green Gold, the party was reunited after Wendell, Bunny, and Clubhead rescued Silbeth. She was trapped in a cave after the most recent earthquake destroyed Mebe Beachside Estates and almost killed Roger Oakcrest. Upon returning to Merchant Harbor, the party headed to Rokan's Respite to check on the Oakcrests. The party walked in and they found Argus Hawksong on stage playing a song. When he saw them, he scowled at them, which led Wendell and Bunny to approach the stage and start gyrating and twerking at him, which angered him. He quit. He left Rokan's respite mid-song and took all of Rokan's customers with him. Rokan was upset about that and has asked the party to fix things, get Argus to come back. Clubhead went on to heal the unconscious Roger Oakcrest, which earned him some respect from Silbeth, and it seems that this kindness and his near-death experience has softened Roger's demeanor. He sincerely apologized to Silbeth on behalf of him and Buttercup for being selfish and unreasonable in their demands of her. But the touching moment was short-lived when Bunny shared the details of their plan to assault tavern owner Don Goose in exchange for chocolate. A heated discussion about that deal broke out, and Silbeth wondered aloud what the hell the rest of the party was thinking by agreeing to assault someone for chocolate. Before turning in for the night, Silbeth suggested that they might be able to avoid the whole mess by finding cacao in the moist lands to make their own chocolate, just like she used to in the jungle. Otherwise, tomorrow night, the plan is to beat up Don Goose. As you walk into the Gilded Cane, you realize it's quite late. Roger and Buttercup and the Dread Pirate Jet have probably been sleeping for over an hour by now. And as you look at the bar, you see that Zark Coppertop is there, and he is dressed to the nines, and he is talking to two new, fresh faces. You've never seen these people in uh, the Gilded Cane. In fact, you never really have seen customers in the Gilded Cane. These folks must have just arrived. And as he's serving them some drinks in tiny copper cups, he stops, he sees you, and he rushes over. He's very excited to talk about the plans for Don Goose. Oh, uh, you must be Silbeth, the friend. Yes, that's me. You are? Uh, I am Zark Coppertop, owner and proprietor of the Gilded Cane. Uh, say, uh, have you proceeded to do as uh, our deal uh, indicated? We're actually, uh, first thing in the morning, going to get that little situation handled, actually. So don't you worry. Okay, well, the chocolate is waiting for you. <laughs> oh, you better believe it is. I don't know. We'll see. We might not need to run that deal. What? <laughs> <laughs> so bad, she's tired. She fell in, like, multiple holes. She's a little shaken up right now. But when we get our rest in the morning, she's going to be back to normal. Don't even worry about it. Give me a persuasion check, Bunny. Oh, let's persuade. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I'm feeling good about it. That's why it's a nine! Okay. I see. I have to tend to my very important customers. Uh, please, get some rest, and we'll discuss this in the morning. Enjoy. And he goes back to the bar to tend to his very important customers. You guys go down and get to rest. On the way down, I say, Sorry if I'm ruining your plans, 
just all seems pointless. So Beth, you are such a like genuine person. Um, something you learn as a wrestler is sometimes you got a lot of people. I didn't want him to know that we were going to like undercut him potentially and make our own chocolate. I should have. I gotta get like a signal for when I'm lying uh, out of my tuchus, just so you know. Well, I mean. It's not like I didn't realize that, I just... Perhaps you don't understand how important this chocolate is, Silbeth. You see, our friend Wendell over there is, would literally rather die than figure out what the hell's going on inside of that house over there. Mm-hmm. He actually dug underneath it, broke into the house, and then the woman inside, what's her name again? Madam Schmoopy. Madam Schmoopy, she came out and she was like, yeah, I'm never gonna let you in unless you bring me chocolates. And so now... The most important thing in the entire universe to Wendell is that chocolates. You three might be the three most idiotic men I've ever met in my life. Hey, I present that. There's one man, one construct, and one wombat folk, okay? So, you're gonna beat someone to within an inch of their life and maybe kill someone so that you can get some chocolate so that you can go find out about some ticking? I mean, that makes sense to me. Okay, so here's what we got mixed up. The murder is separate from the chocolate. Oh, I'm sorry. What's the murder for? <laughs> Maybe nothing, but you, you like to keep all your... Don't put all eggs in one basket. We just got one small, not, not important murder basket with one egg. Um, cause I lay it called Tans of Menace. Would you agree? I see. Well, I need to find out what time it is, so I think I'm gonna go burn down the town square. <laughs> uh, we're all tired, Silver. You know I love all of you boys. You're just exasperating. It seems like there's something going on in that tower that's important and has something to do with the earthquakes or maybe that mine. But first we need to figure out this ticking, so... That takes precedence. It could be the key to everything. Okay, so what like what do you hope to find out from figuring this ticking out? What the ticking is. <laughs> okay. How far are you willing to go to find that out? I, I haven't really thought about how far I would go as far as necessary to get to figure out the source of the ticking. Okay, so obviously beating someone up, you'll go that far. Yep, but first we have to convince you to convince him. Because we're not very good at convincing people of things. So you're going to convince him to be beaten up? Yeah, he would want to get beaten. That's the whole point. Yeah, we love Don Goose. We wouldn't just, like, whack him for no reason. There's chocolate involved. Oh. Well, if, he, if he's in on it, it's it's a little less egregious than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beat a beat down for chocolate. So you're doing you're going to do a double cross. You're going to do a double cross? It's not really a double cross because he still gets beat up. Yeah. I just I just mostly do what's needed to get things done, so I get it. I get it. Well, what do you want to do? What do I want to do? Yeah. Well, um first of all, I I want to tell somebody uh about this Barnaby person. Because somebody must still know him and like him. The Beard Barbarian, that was his pal. He called all of us Barnaby pretty much the whole time. Yeah, I heard that this dragon turtle carcass might be interesting. Ooh, yeah. And I also am intrigued by this tower. And I also want to know why earthquakes are happening. Now, all of those are good points, but don't you see why the ticking is so important? Because once that's out the way, the rest of these are wide open. <laughs> no, after that... 
you need to defend the rat grub farmer, which is a stupid idea. Nobody should be raising rat grubs. But they have not attacked a single person, and he saved our life, I'll have you remember. You have weird priorities. All of you have weird priorities. That's all I'm saying. I want to build a class action lawsuit <laughs> against Alain Coltan. He gave us mesothelioma. That's a worthy <laughs> cause. But if he owns most of the town, Poison mushrooms might be the answer. It's just something good to keep in our pockets. Uh, I don't necessarily disagree with that. It, you know, it depends on if we find out how bad he really is, then maybe that is the answer. That's what I like. You know? Keep your options open. <laughs> I think it might be a good idea to not annoy me any farther. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get exploded. <laughs> All right, so you guys all take a long rest, recharge whatever you got to recharge, hit points and spells and things. And in the morning, as you emerge from the basement of the Gilded Cane, Zark Coppertop is uh, waiting for you. He, he has fresh copies of the Merchant Harbor Gazette. Uh, does it say here that Sean Duncan was caught? No one should first off be around that many sheep. But why was he covered in honey? This is... We gotta get out of this town, man. They're, everyone here is just so horny. Have you heard the bard? Good Lord, Sean Duncan. That sounds tragic. Here it says that uh, poor Spidey Mouse uh, was was using that outhouse uh, that's that's down southeast of town in the old fairgrounds, and it uh, collapsed into a sinkhole right when he was pooping it out. Wow. I mean, it doesn't say that in the headlines, but that's what I'm reading in between the lines. You know there was some poop. Yeah. Looks like Super Justin 64 is uh, taking out an ad in the Help Wanted. Wants somebody who can lift large boxes of cream puffs. Huh. <laughs> Big fan of the cream puffs, Super Justin. Oh, wow, look at this. The Wizard Weary was eating lunch on a bench, and he was eating potatoes and sausages. And he dropped his whole lunch all over the ground, and it was wrecked. Wow. The Wizard Weary's lunch was wrecked. That's in the paper? <laughs> That's newsworthy? <laughs> this is tragic. Yes, of course it is. Well, they obviously didn't have a whole lot uh, to publish in the paper this time. No. But can you imagine, though, the tragic sausage and potato lunch being ruined? That is relatable, yeah. <laughs> Nothing about the oppressed, just man loses lunch, page one. <laughs> <laughs> Zark comes uh, running over to you. He has delivered a delightful breakfast to his two very important customers. Seems to be the only customers he has. And he comes rushing over. So, gentlemen and lady, um, what have you uh, to tell me about the situation? Here's our plan. We are going to handle business, but first we want to kind of like scope out the scene. You probably won't hear from us for the rest of the day while we're setting that situation up. Oh yes, good idea to be discreet about it. Yes, yes, you know, um, you're, you're a man of a discerning taste. You like everything done in a professional manner, we gotcha. And if, if there's an opportune moment that we just have to take before you, we can contact you, we will. Very well. Uh, I shall be here awaiting word of the pummeling. Do you want to be there for the pummeling, or do you just want to see the results of the pummeling? Oh, do you think that is an option? <laughs> Might I uh, obfuscate myself in a shrubbery nearby uh, and wait? 
you know what? We'll reach out when it's time and you get a front row seat. I shall ask the Dread Pirate Jed or maybe Roger and Buttercup to keep an eye on my uh, inn while I go and view the beating. I don't know if you want an alcoholic around all that booze for free, but hey, you're the boss, so. My options are limited. <laughs> <laughs> but not your pocketbook and that's why we love you. Um, thanks for the food. And he scurries away. How, how was that for a lie, everyone? That was good. Do you think we should steal his chocolate while he's watching the beating? <laughs> See, now that's a smart idea. Look at Silpeth. All it took was a little rest. Nice. I'm pretty sneaky, but not great at stealing. But don't we want to make our own chocolate? Isn't that what? I thought we were going to the swamps. I think that sounds a little bit too challenging. The swamps are dangerous. We've been there. Silbeth hasn't been there. When Silbeth suggested going to the swamps, it was before... I, maybe we haven't explained how deadly it is. Oh, yeah. There were fire lizards. And there were zombies, too, and we can't really... We'd struggle with them. And there... I mean, there is no guarantee that there's cacao there. It just seems likely that of any place on the island that it would be there. Yeah, it seems iffy. Let's go talk to... Uh, what's his face about getting the shit beat out of him? Yes. Mightily, I might add. How do you want me to approach this, boys? Well, I think it's kind of cut and dry. Uh, we're gonna give him some money to just look like he got roughed over, but there's gonna be no vitals hit? That sounds fair. Anybody else? Yeah, I mean, basically, we're just gonna be honest with him, I think. So you guys walk across town. It is morning. And as you approach the Greasy Lizard, you see that uh, the open sign has just been put out. And if I remember right, I've met Don Goose, right? I don't know that you have, because Bunny and Club had met him the first time, and then you guys met him again when you did the pro wrestling match, but Silbeth hasn't met Don Goose yet. Okay. Or Nipple Clamp Jackson. Correct. Okay. You walk into the Greasy Lizard. It's a tired-looking bunch of folks in there who have just woken up from whatever gutters they found themselves in, and they're all eating the cheapest breakfast in town. Nipple Clamp Jackson, uh, a flumph, as you recall, uh, sees you come in. Hey, guys! Hey! Good to see you again. Hey! Who's this young lady with you? I'm Silbeth Orist. Oh, you're like a snaky type person. I like that. Yes, I'm an Ophidian. And you? I'm a flump. My name's Nippleclamp <laughs> Jackson. I help out Don Goose. Hey, Don, our friends of he have come back. Uh, not now. I got eggs on the stove. Sounds good. Don, when you're free, we'd love to talk about putting some money in your pocket, sir. Don Goose is this massive, hulking, dra- white dragonborn wearing red robes. He's in the kitchen cooking up eggs. What kind of read do I get off of him? Give me an insight check. 21. Uh, he's definitely friendly toward you. He has a favorable opinion of the party as a whole. He definitely gives off a, an air of authority and power and strength. And uh, Nipple Clamp Jackson also gives off a similar air of maybe authority. So, you know, Nipple Clamp works for Don or maybe they're partners in some way. He seems like an okay fellow. Oh, yeah. The Don is great. He comes over to your table. He's got a towel over his shoulder. Okay, what do you guys want? Uh, Well, first, I'd like to introduce you to one of the best pals in the world we have. Uh, This is Silbeth. Hey, Silbeth. How you doing, guy? Hey, I'm I'm, I'm very good. Um, Listen, you look like a classy, smart businessman. Yeah, that's me. This is the, my joint, the Greasy Lizard. It's a Don Goose's joint. 
Mr. Goose, uh, we've got a situation where we're, we're doing some investigation, all right? And in the course of this investigation, it came to our attention that uh, we need some chocolate, all right? Yeah. Uh, the only person we know in town who can sell chocolate uh, is that, uh, that, that idiot, that snobby idiot, uh, Coppertop. Yeah, the goblin. Yeah, I know that guy. He's what a piece of trash that guy is, huh? Yeah. He said he would sell us some, but I'm gonna be honest with you, it seems like he doesn't like you as much as you don't like him. Oh, I bet I don't like him more than he don't like me. Well, good, because we have an opportunity for you. He said he would give us chocolate if we roughed you up. <laughs> we, and, you know, of course, of course we can't rough you up. We know we know what your reputation is and how good a fighter you are. Yeah, no way, man. There's nobody going to rough down Goose up in his joint. Not for no chocolate, no nothing. Absolutely. Now, Mr. Goose, though, we thought maybe we could form a little partnership here and we could pay you to have it look like we roughed you up so that we can get our chocolate and you can make a few bucks off of it. What do you think? Give me a persuasion check, and uh, it looks like Clubhead is casting guidance for you. Yeah. Right on. Natural 20. 24. Whoa! Holy shit! <laughs> Let's Not go! Okay, so roll the d4. 27. Nice. Don Goose crosses his arms and leans back in a chair. <laughs> You guys want me to take a beating, make it look like you got the upper hand on Don Goose, so that that little goblin can feel good and proud about himself, but he's going to give you that chocolate, so then you can solve your mystery or whatever you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, because you're in on it, you're making money, and he is losing chocolate. That's right, and then he looks like he's actually the fool. Yeah. But how do I get beat up? How does this happen? Listen, we, we got a professional wrestler here in our party. He can... He knows how to make it look like you're hurt with hardly hurting you at all. I'm gonna give you a lot of light slaps. I'm gonna like punch while I'm stomping so they hear the stomp and they think that's the connection hit. That's a little inside trainer secret for you. Maybe you, you're throwing me at the bar and cause I, I get drunk and it just makes it a quick pal here, pal there. And it looks like I laid you out with like drunken super strength. Is that believable? Okay, this whole time where's the goblin? Oh, uh, he's gonna be in a bush. Uh, cause he wants to see you go down, cause you're in his hand rent free. So, um, we'll just like do it somewhere outside. Like you're tossing me out the, the like little bush out front. He'll hide there. It's a win-win, sir. <laughs> All right, then, uh, what happens to all my customers? They see Don Goose getting the crap kicked out of him by this guy, Bunny. Uh, how do I, how do I make, how does that all work so that they don't think that I'm weak? That's simple. You're going to end up whooping me a day later. And it looks like we're even. This sounds like a whole rivalry. which been brewing up a whole rivalry between you and me. Yeah. Hey, life's all about being a story. That's what I learned in Wrestling Academy. What happens to the Goblin then? Is he, do, would you get to punch him in the face? What, what do I do? We can maybe set up a future match after all of this is taken care of at the gym. Yeah, but it's all going to be a story. Yeah, it's all going to be fake. No, no, I don't want no fake, no fake, no story. I want to be able to kick that goblin across the street. Well, I mean, once once this deal is done, you can do whatever you want to him. Deal, it's a deal. I, you said it, I can do what I want. Yeah, it's done. What, uh, what, please don't, please don't murder our goblin landlord. Well, look, Don Goose hit you. It's up to you whether you die or not, okay? <laughs> I, I take a knee and shed a tear and say, that's the coolest shit I ever heard in my life, Don Goose. Don, you have any wrestling skills? 
Yeah, like you wrestling around, like you like put on a show, or like wrestle around and particular. Remove your head. You know, take, put on a show. No, I don't got none of that. I got much. Come at you for real. Would you like to make any side money by by being a show wrestler? No, no, baby. I'm too busy running my joint. All right. Well, I just thought I'd try. Hey, no, no, no problem, baby. Okay, when should we do this? Let's do it tonight. Let's get the chocolate. Let's get the ticking immediately. Sounds good. Yeah, we'll do it at midnight tonight. You come in my joint, I throw you out, we get it all going on, and then the goblin. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be great. Please don't kill our cop. All right, yes, sir. From the kitchen, you hear Nipple Clamp Jackson say, Dan, I'm in the weeds here. Hey, baby, settle down. I'll be right there. So we gotta go uh, relieve Nipple Clamp. Uh, uh, they can't uh, stir the eggs too well with them tentacles. Understandable. So you emerge from the greasy lizard, having made a deal with Don Goose to take a beating in exchange to make the goblin Zark Coppertop happy, which will get you chocolate, which will get you into the repository so that Wendell can find out from Madame Schmoopy what the ticking sound is. Yes, the most important thing we've ever done. I have a feeling you're going to be the most disappointed you've ever been in your life. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably like a clock or something. Impossible. Impossible. Knowing will be enough. All right. Let's lay out all of the other open threads at play here in the Valley of Green Gold. First of all, the stray dog problem is an ongoing issue. You haven't solved it, haven't done anything about it yet. No. Naturally. (laughs) Clubhead would love to, I think. (laughs) There are more pressing matters at hand. Yeah. Like the ticking. (laughs) Earthquakes are higher priority than dogs. Yeah. And speaking of the earthquakes, you know, there's a party of three adventurers who left for the mines almost a week ago. And if they haven't killed the monsters yet, you could probably expect a more severe earthquake in the imminent future. If any of them have survived and the monsters have been killed, you might expect them to return to Merchant Harbor very soon. Um, Also, you could go speak to Skull, the beer brew and barbarian, tell him what happened to his friend Barnaby. Uh, There's the matter of the dragon turtle carcass that washed ashore, but that's like a day's journey to the south. You know, you can chase down Argus Hawksong and maybe try to get him to come back to Rokan's Respite. And then there's Maddox in the tower. Uh, That's two days to the east, though. So you have about 12 hours before midnight tonight. What are you guys going to do? I think we should go talk to the Beer Barian. Fair enough. Yeah, I think that's the only one within, like, 12-hour time frame. I'll try not to steal any more shoes off of posts on the way. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Good idea. So you leave Merchant Harbor to the north. You head up to the dunes where you'll find the uh, brewery where Skull makes his delicious beers. You uh, walk past the shoe post. Do you do anything there? I just bow to it and be like, hey, Clubhead, we don't need any more shoes, right, fella? No, I guess not. But I am going to look and see if the shoes that I had taken have been returned. To the post. Yeah. Yes, they have been returned to the I post. I gaze longingly at them, <laughs> and I reach out with one hand, but then I, I pause. We, we pull him away. We grab him. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to have a moment. No, no, you can't touch those. Get away. Forbidden shoes, man. Forbidden <laughs> shoes. Now I want them even more. <laughs> So you get to the brewery in the dunes. You don't see Skull anywhere outside. We'll go in. It's a relatively open air building. There's, uh, you know, just pillars that kind of hold the roof up over the main brewing area because it gets so hot in there probably. Yeah. Let's the air flow through. You do see Skull stirring a giant copper kettle with a big 
oar or a big paddle. Mm. He sees you come in. Oh, there's my old friends. Hello, everyone. Hey, how you doing? Um, our friend Silbeth has news. Not good news, but news about your pal Barnaby. Oh, Barnaby. Yes, I remember Barnaby. Uh, Silbeth, tell me, what, what news have you brought? Well, I was caught in a landslide and fell into a sinkhole. And uh, unfortunately, I found his body. He had been buried uh, underground and couldn't get out. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I, I found his journal and... He said if you'd been with him, you would have gotten him out with your vast strength, but... You shouldn't feel guilty, though, all right? We're not trying to guilt trip you, and I'm sure he didn't mean to try to guilt trip you. No, 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 it's okay, I understand. He said that, uh, that we should tell his brother Maddox about his death, uh, but where do we find Maddox these days? Everybody give me an insight check. Eight. Oh, 14. 22. Natural one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Clubhead, you notice a butterfly or a moth flittering around uh, in the shadows and that catches your attention. Mm-hmm. Wendell, you happen to see Clubhead uh, intently looking at a moth and that catches your attention. <laughs> Bunny, you're you're in the moment. You're, you're seeing that Skull is... He's sad, but he's not distraught about Barnaby. It's probable that he just guessed that something bad happened to him. But Silbeth, when you mention Maddox, you see Barnaby get a look on his face. That is concern and fear, even at the mention of Maddox's name. She asked uh, where we would find him these days. Nobody's seen Maddox in a long time. His tower is still being built. I don't know what's going on over there. It's best to stay away. Is is there something you're worried about, Skull? I never liked Maddox. I always found him to be too ambitious. There was something else that I didn't like about him. He didn't care about his brother at all. He just was always wanted to do his research. Hmm. He doesn't sound like the best person, but, you know, he, he was Barnaby's family, and I think family's important. There were times when I spent time with Maddox and Barnaby, and things were good. That was a long time ago. Say, Clubhead, what kind of moth do you think that is? Um, hmm. Let's find out. I crush the moth between my fingers and uh, sprinkle its dust in an attempt to determine what it is. Give me a nature check. I got a two. That's a mushy moth. (laughs) This is a mushy moth. (laughs) Very mushy. I don't think that's a mushy moth. They don't look like that. (laughs) Let me uh, see if I can figure out what kind of moth you just crushed. 17. Uh, A spongy moth. No, it's actually a spongy moth. Oh, very, very commonly confused. With the mushy moth. The mushy moth, yes. What are those two doing talking to that skull guy? I don't know. Should we go? Yeah. <laughs> I have grown old and I have grown tired. Someday I I too shall hear the ticking of the clock and know that my time has come to an end. T- ticking of the clock. Is this like a ticking only you can hear? Because our pal here has been hearing a ticking. Is he about to die? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? It's like a metaphor. It's like a metaphor, oh, you know. You're right. Like, uh, yeah. Time is passing. Anyway, yeah. I'm not afraid of death. I've already died. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for helping me with them bottles. I got the shipment going to the mainland tomorrow. Your Mr. Coltan, he said he's very pleased with how you helped me out. And soon the valley will be lush again, and my brewing will continue. <laughs> oh, so bad. There was something else in the the book Barnaby had about a, a raven song or something. 
It was like a warning about the island being cursed. Yeah, we're all cursed, you know? We're cursed with mortality. You and these metaphors, dude, <laughs> is that all turtles do? Is make up metaphors about death? I'm sorry. I'm stressed out. It's murder, man. Well, that that was in uh, Barnaby's journal. Uh, he mentioned something about uh, uh, was it Raven's Mead? Solarin Raven's Mead, an old friend of ours. So where is this person? I don't know. I haven't seen him in a year or more. He's probably still around on the island. He's very tough. Why do, why do all of your friends disappear? Crow Island is a dangerous place. There's many ways to die here. It's just a weird thing, right? Like, since I've met these guys, they have been in my area. I'm just saying, tap in with your friends, Scar. I know you got this whole business going on, bro, but you shouldn't lose your friends this often. That's all I'm saying. No judgment. But if you are looking for Solarin Ravensmith, you're going to find him probably in the forest to the north of town. You got one more metaphor before we head out, Scar? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got a cabin okay. up near the old watchtower. Oh, what what does he do for a living? He hunts. He's not very he's not very sociable. Kind of like you? No, 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 no. I'm sociable. I like people. I like to talk. I like to have fun. I like to drink beer. Oh. Salarian is very serious. He's been through a lot, you know. Oh, I wonder what his voice sounds like. Don't know. Maybe like um like an actor or something <laughs> from a movie. <laughs> Oh, wait, what? what? What did you just say? Never, never mind. I, I'm having one of my episodes and it's my potion. Whoa. He's going to start chanting Barnaby any second now. Oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. I found my potion. I drank it. It's okay. Uh, well, um, how far away of a walk would you say to, to his place? Well, probably a couple of hours, but if he doesn't want to talk to you, you're not going to be able to find him. I always found that if I tried to find him and look for him, if he didn't want to talk, he would. I wouldn't find him. It was only when he wanted to talk to me that he would come to me. Oh, well, how can we make him want to talk to us? I don't know. Maybe if we shouted really, really um, unpopular opinions about political things, then he would have no choice but want to correct us. How would you separate yourself from all of the millions of other people in the world shouting the same things? Well, we would be the only one doing it in the middle of the forest when nobody's around. That's a good point. I don't know, just spitballing here, you know? <laughs> what, what if we only burned part of the forest? If you burn down the forest? Just part of it, we're not monsters. To get his attention, you know, like a smoke signal. Uh, this uh, probably would anger him, I would think. Ah. <laughs> what if I pretended to be a beautiful deer? Then he might hunt me. I don't know. I think we should burn the forest down while screaming political things. <laughs> if you try to burn a forest down, I will stop you. Oh, wow. You're no fun. Why do you always ruin our fun? I only ruin your fun when it involves killing living things that don't deserve to be killed. Yeah, you know, I I, I think Silbert is uh, is the moral compass of your little group here. I don't know I don't know how to read my moral compass. I have never been taught. Well, <laughs> uh, you're you're just impulsive boys. I I still love all of you. Thanks, mom. Boys, I I think I think I have a plan. I, I mean, you know, uh, I have I have his old friend's journal, who mentioned him in it. I think that might bring him out. Thank you for bringing me news about Barnaby. I always kind of knew that something had gone bad for him, but thank you for the closure. 
Let me give you each a bottle of my new brew. It's the Tortle Porter Extreme. Yes, please. It gives you each a bottle. Oh. I already wrote it down on my character sheet. Let's cheers to Barnaby. <laughs> is it an extreme with an E, or is the E omitted from the beginning of extreme? No, it's omitted. It's X dash Tream. <laughs> okay. Is it Tream spelled T R E M E or T R E E M? E E M. Yeah. Okay. Two E's and then an M. <laughs> all right. Good. Be very careful with it. Well, thank you, Skyle. I shall see you all again sometime soon. I'm sure about it. You take care of yourself now. You hear? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I think it's time to head out in the middle of the forest and get drunk. <laughs> yeah! Yeah, let's go find Ravensmead. Yeah, that too. <laughs> All right, so you head out to the forest to the north of town. It's going to take you a couple of hours to get there. Uh, by the time you arrive at the edge of this old-growth forest with great big pines on the outskirts of it and uh, thick oak trees lining the hills that rise up to the north end of the island, you notice some clouds gathering over the valley. Can I uh, make a check to see whether I think that is going to be a bad weather event or something? You can definitely all make a nature check. I got a seven. Seven. Natural one, don't fail me now. Hey, I'll take a 15. 20. Clubhead, these look like clouds. (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) Silbeth, in the jungles, you know, every day was a storm or two or three. uh, So these don't really tip you off to anything. We also couldn't really see this guy. Exactly. Wendell, uh, living your entire life underground, meant that you didn't really see the clouds in the sky a whole lot either. But there's something else that your wombat senses feel. A change in the barometric pressure. And that means a storm is coming. Rain's a coming, fellas. Let's get in the forest. Maybe it won't we won't get wet. So what do you guys do? You have arrived in the forest. Uh, you're not sure where this old watchtower is that Skull mentioned. Is there any kind of path or anything that we can d- discern? Everybody give me a perception check. 8. Wow. 7. Seven. Yeah, 21. There we go. So Bunny and Wendell and Silbeth, you guys are looking around for a path, a trail, anything that you can see that would indicate that there's been a person moving through here. You don't see anything. Bunny, you see what looks to be several old wooden pillars of a watchtower. Boys, check this out. Uh-huh. Can we tell if like it's been recently uh, abandoned? As you approach the watchtower and get closer to it, you can tell that this is maybe over a hundred years old, and it's never been refurbished or fixed up or anything. The wood is still just barely holding together. It's not a watchtower you could climb, but it's a structure that uh, was probably there. Give me an investigation check, Bunny. Get my Sherlock hat on. (laughs) That's a big one, my guy. (laughs) You don't know how wood works. (laughs) Everyone else can give me an investigation check, though, because you're now there looking it over. Nice, 16. Eight. 
19. Wendell, you're pretty sure that whoever built this tower, uh, they did it a long, long, long time ago uh, in, in wombat years like a thousand. <laughs> Clubhead, you notice there's no fungus anywhere near this watchtower. Oh, yeah, that's very upsetting. Uh, guys, this place is very inhospitable to fungal life, apparently. Skull said something about a cabin, right? Yeah, he did. What did he say in relation to this watchtower about the cabin? He said that Solarin Ravensmead built a cabin somewhere near the watchtower. Hmm. So he's got to be around here. Should we spread out? Perhaps we should climb up to the top of the watchtower and see if we can spot it from up top. Which one of us is the lightest? Because it won't hold my frame, guys. Is there a watchtower or is there just some old posts left? There is a watchtower, but it's mostly, you know, rotted away. Bunny's right. Bunny couldn't climb this thing. He's too hes too big and heavy. Clubhead probably couldn't either because he's big and heavy. Silbeth and Wendell would be the lightest weight of the two of you, and we know how well Wendell climbs things. I don't. I do not <laughs> climb things. <laughs> <laughs> well, perhaps it's time for Clubhead to show his quality. Ooh. Don't show us your junk. <laughs> Clubbin's going to use an ability of his that he doesn't use very often. Um, he's going to use Wild Shape. Because everybody forgets he's actually a druid. I did forget that. I thought you hated animals. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of them. So do you Wild Shape into something else? You know, I haven't really thought about it. I don't really want to use Wild Shape very often, but it is an ability that I have, and this seems like the perfect time to use it. Uh... So, I mean, I could turn into, like, a weird fungus-infested version of an animal, you know? Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to try it out. I'm going to turn into a spider. Okay. You, you see him sort of concentrate really, really hard, and he starts to sort of shake, and uh, weird sounds come out of him, and, like, all the wood starts to creak and snap in his body, and suddenly there's, like, this explosion of spores, like a, like a ninja dropped a smoke bomb. <laughs> And it only lasts for a split second, and then suddenly there's a tiny little spider on the uh, forest floor where he used to be. Did you know he could do no, that? No, that was impressive. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's like a daddy long legs. As a spider, I begin to climb up the post, up to the uh, tower. Well, it doesn't take you too awfully long. You climb up the post. There is a platform up there, but there's no structure. There's no building to explore or anything like that. But as you get up to the top, you're able to see over some of the smaller trees, and you're able to see in, in a small clearing, not far away, you're able to see a cabin. Ooh. I'll try to uh, figure out which direction it is. It is to the east, and Clubhead gets inspiration if you don't already have it. Oh, dang! Awesome. Okay, well, uh, I will shoot some webs off in different directions. Kind of just waste a little bit of time trying to make a little pretty little web. Okay. And then when I get bored of that, I will climb on down. All right. I'm just wondering if anyone else has superpowers I didn't know about, because I'm a very basic human. <laughs> <laughs> like, Wendell, what do you do? What can you do? Can you, like, turn into, like, a like a minotaur or something? No, I can't turn into anything like that. I can make myself large or small, though. Even more booty? Yeah, I could be. I make my. I could have the biggest booty around. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should be an Instagram model then, or something. Yes. What are you doing this for? <laughs> Listen, Kanye Elf is calling you tonight. If that's the case. So. <laughs> 
So you climb down. And what have you guys been doing while Clubhead has been up there? I've been reading through the journal again to see if there's things I didn't pick up. Unfortunately, uh, the journal, because of its age and the conditions it was in, uh, doesn't bear any f- additional fruit. What you've learned about it and through it is all that's in there. All right. While we're waiting for Clubhead, uh, Wendell's going to drink his beer, his extreme total porter. You're going to drink the whole thing? Yes, of course I'm going to drink the whole thing. That's what <laughs> beer is for. You drink it. Give me a constitution saving throw. 19. Oh. Wow. Hi, Rolla. All right. So you have passed the constitution saving throw for this extreme total porter. Roll a d6. Six. As we look down your character sheet, the sixth uh, attribute is charisma. You gain a plus one to your charisma. Whoa! For the next hour. Oh my for God. the next hour. Uh, for the next hour. <laughs> oh, I was just about to say, a permanent? <laughs> You're the Dos Equis guy when you drink, apparently. That's sick. Oh, you guys, I feel great. <laughs> Look at me. I'm so cool. Never realized how cool I am. (laughs) That's classic Wendell right there. Yeah. You do seem somehow cooler. I start start dancing with Silbeth. I'm going to sing a song of my people. Shake that ass. One bad at you. Make it for me. Shake that ass. You know what? I'm going drunk, too. We're going to meet this person drunk and shit. I'm going to drink my bottle as well. (laughs) Constitution saving throw for money. Oh, this is going to be a one, isn't it? Here we go. A ten. Uh, You start to feel it kick in, and then you immediately vomit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm a lightweight. That's not all. You take five points of poison damage. Poison? Ooh, that is some strong stuff. <laughs> you know what? It's all good, baby. You know what? My father didn't believe in me as a wrestler. My mama <laughs> didn't believe in me as a g- gymnast. Ah, I just keep puking. Oh, great. He, he's, a, he's a sloppy drunk. Great. <laughs> Maybe uh, hearing him scream, ah, is what uh, makes me finally stop making webs and come down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be the number one contender. <laughs> yeah, you get down there and you see Wendell like busting a move, and you see Bunny like crying and vomiting. <laughs> and Silbeth, what is Silbeth like? Having uh, Wendell dance with me actually kind of embarrasses me, which t- gives me a point of emotion. <laughs> oh, no. Roll it. You're at one. We haven't had a surge in a while. 17. And we won't have one now. No. I'm going to take this opportunity to try to sneak up on Silbeth and climb up her leg. <laughs> oh, dear God. Why? Okay. <laughs> Silbeth, you've just averted a wild magic surge, and then you feel something on your leg. Oh, my God, it's a spider. Ah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, a shock. I take uh, another point of emotion. <laughs> All right. Two is the number you have to beat. Eleven. Okay. Is that you, Clubhead? <laughs> <laughs> uh, she got me. I'll uh, I'll turn back into myself. Uh, <laughs> that was a good one. I I, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. You got scared. Did you remember I lose control of my magic if I get too scared or things like that? Uh, it's funny. Oh, you want it to happen? (laughs) I gotta have my beer. This is too much. 23 constitutions. Wow. No problemo. Roll a d6. Four. That's intelligence. You gain a plus one to your intelligence for the next hour. Excellent. You also notice something. 
This is the second time Silbeth has had alcohol. Right. But this is pretty strong stuff, and you notice that your emotional level drops to zero. Ah. Interesting. Okay. We've just found the damper. All we gotta do is ply you with booze every time you start getting emotional. Uh, it's kind of looking that way. So that is interesting. Wow. Okay. Yeah, this could be a slippery path. So what do you guys want to do? You know where the cabin is. Uh, Clubhead, by the way, you still have your bottle of beer. I do. I do. Um... Well, I mean, everybody's drinking. I might as well drink with them, right? <laughs> oh, peer pressure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't want to delete it from my character sheet so soon, but I'll oh, fuck it. I'll drink it. Here we go. Constitution save. Ten. All right. You start vomiting violently. <laughs> <laughs> I have advantage on saves, but I got a ten and a five, so never mind. <laughs> and you take two points of poison damage, unless you're immune or resistant. I am resistant to poison damage, so one point of damage. No, 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 no big deal. So what do you do? Well, guys, I, I saw it off to the east. It's a very short walk away. We could be there uh, momentarily. Let's hit it. <laughs> Party. Let's do it. How come the half of us are so cool? <laughs> <laughs> so the plan is that uh, Silbeth is going to start reading from the journal or something, like loudly, to hopefully attract him. Yeah. Um, and then do the rest of us, do we want to make noise or something? Uh, yeah, right? Call out maybe his name or okay. uh, say we're friends of Barnaby. If he wants to see us, he will. But he just has to know we exist, so I, I don't have a better idea than shouting a fire. Those are the two options Bunny will bring to the table. I could also use my wild shape to be a majestic, fungus-ridden, like, deer or something in the hopes that he can try to shoot me. But what if he shoots you? He's a good hunter. Well, I will probably survive, okay? I'm, I'm a tough boy. <laughs> <laughs> probably survive. Is everyone on board with the plan as it is? Sure, let's give it a shot. So I saw a giant lizard, right, uh, earlier? Because I can only wild shape into animals that I've seen. Yes, you saw fire gecko. Fire. The fire gecko would be too difficult. There's too much going on. Those there. are too high level, I think. I'm like looking at the list of, of things. I'm trying to figure out what I might have seen. Maybe a giant frog? Yes, you have seen a giant frog. Okay, cool. I'll turn into a giant frog. <laughs> Ribbit. So you turn into a giant frog and you hop along with your party. But you can only move one space per turn. Oh. <laughs> we got a talisman reference. Get it? Get oh. it, talisman? <laughs> yeah. All right. You guys approach this cabin. And are you being stealthy? No, we're, we're reading out loud. Opposite of stealth, actually. Okay. You approach the cabin loudly, reciting from a nearly rotted journal, and Wendell's, like, giving everyone finger guns. <laughs> and you get to the cabin, and it is desolate, vacant. The door is open, and you can go in and look around or investigate the area. Does it look like it's been inhabited? Give me, everybody give me an investigation check. A seven. A six? Wow! <laughs> Frogs don't actually look for things. They just uh, scare the shit out of, everything, okay. out of everything around them. You just growled at the door. I'm actually going to use one of my seldom used abilities, Ooh. which is Stranger Intuition. And I'm okay. going to examine the building and the and 
look through the window at the things inside of it to get a sense of how this denizen might react to outsiders. I love that. Uh, inspiration for Silbeth. Mm, awesome. So, uh, Wendell, you're too cool for any of this crap, honestly. What are you guys doing? This is so lame. <laughs> I'm gonna go over here. <laughs> you find a stump to sit on. Can I go inside the building and see if there's maybe like a trap door or something? You go inside the building and you're still very shaken about your feelings. Yeah, often am, yep. <laughs> this ability of Silbeth's allows you to see like, what is this person all about, right? This person, they are utilitarian. They are about survival. They are not about comfort. It doesn't appear that they've been here in maybe weeks. Clubhead, you notice the glaring absence of fungus and mushrooms anywhere. <laughs> Ribbit. <laughs> That was so good. He's reporting his investigation results. Um, I, uh... I, I, I use my speak with animals ability on him. Ribbit, what does that what does that mean, ri- Ribbit? Um, there's no fucking mushrooms anywhere. <laughs> He's turned into Wilford Brimley. <laughs> this cabin's giving me diabetes. <laughs> well, what what does it mean to, that there's no Ribbit fungus in here? Oh. Uh, it just means this place is nasty and awful, and I hate it. Just like that stupid tower also had no fungus around it. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, it sure seems like there should have been fungus on that old rotting tower. Hmm. What, why do you think there's no fungus in these places? It's awful strange. Hmm. There's a mystery. By the way, how do you like my frog accent? It sounds very, uh, regional. <laughs> This is just how all frogs sound when you talk to them, so. So for Wendell and Bunny, uh, what are they hearing? You're hearing... Ribbit. Ribbit. (laughs) (laughs) Is his voice always that deep, or is it the frog thing doing it, Wendell? I think it's because he's a frog. (laughs) Wow, that's just about the lamest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Wendell decides that the coolest thing to do right now is to dig underneath this house. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right, are you going to do, you're going to try to dig out from underneath the entire cabin? Uh, no, I just want to dig around, see if I can, you know, see if there's anything going on underneath the cabin. Okay. Is there a fireplace in this place? Because if it is, I'm going I'm to light his fireplace. There is. All right. Maybe this will call him home if he's in the forest. Okay. There's some wood there, and you can certainly get a fire going. So while uh, Wendell is exploring, digging around underneath the cabin, Bunny lights a fire in the fireplace, and Wendell... You find uh, a little compartment that is uh, underneath the cabin. There might be a hatch door in the cabin, but you're able to access it from underneath. And inside this little chamber, you find a wooden box. He might be buried there. Wendell grabs the wooden box and... That's a good idea. We'll take it back up to show the guys. You crawl out of your uh, hole. You've explored almost all the entirety underneath the uh, cabin. You take the box out and show it to the guys. You guys, look what I found underneath the cabin. (laughs) Can you change it back out of being a frog? I can't understand what you're saying. I'll translate for you. Okay, thanks. Go ahead. Translate. He said, uh... God damn it, that box doesn't have any fungus on it. Maybe it's magical or something. I'm going to open it. Ready? Duke's turtle and crow, I smell. All right, inside of the box, you find two things. First thing that you find 
is an amulet. And it looks identical to the one that you found on those skeletons, except this one is not battle-scarred, corroded, dirty. It's pristine. And the other thing that you find wrapped in a little parcel is something from the potentially decent random stuff's random table. So, Wendell, roll a d100. I knew it. Roll it up, roll it up. 85. You find a little packet of money. Roll 10 d100s. Fat stacks. Fat stacks. 494. You find 494 gold pieces. And inside of this satchel, there is a note that reads, Solaren Ravensmead, thanks for all your help. Signed, Lord Deputy Fail. Well, Wendell, you're the richest uh, wombat probably in Crow Island history, man. Congrats. Oh my gosh. I have so This is so much money. I, I can't even imagine what I'll do with it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He said, eat it. (laughs) (laughs) Are are you small sized, by the way, Wendell? I'm medium. Medium? Okay. All right. Never mind. I can't eat you then. Oh, God. (laughs) I could make myself small and then you could eat me. Watch him like a projectile. Yes. Okay. All right, so so what do you guys do? You've explored this space. You've investigated as much as you can. That note in the uh, big bag of, of coins, it says, Solar and Ravensmead, thank you for all your help. Signed, Lord Deputy Fail. So this definitely is his place, but he hasn't been here for like a week. It could be more. It could be. It could be a week. It, it's probably going to be more like a couple of weeks, or maybe a couple of months. Wow. Should we just leave? Can we write inside Bar Barnaby's book and maybe be like, "Hey, when you find this, reach out to us, maybe, so we don't have to wait." Do we want to just leave our names here, uh, being the guys who stole his four hundred ninety-four gold? <laughs> yeah. That would be smart. So you're saying, like, take the gold and say, come see us and we'll give it back? Oh, yeah, good point. Hey, somebody robbed you, bro. Yeah, we we need to hold on to it for him. This isn't safe just to abandon gold like this. He's obviously not been here. He could even be dead. Yeah, but it was buried under his house. It might not even be his then. Maybe he didn't know it was there. But it has his name on it. That is a damn good way to get him to want to talk to us, though. Let's just leave him a note. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's leave him a note. Leave him a note, and we'll take the gold. That's called that's called blackmail. <laughs> that's not a good way to make friends. If you ever want to see your money again, you come down to this wrestling ring. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, yep. that's called <laughs> ransom. <laughs> Okay, we could phrase it better. If you would like to see your money again, come down to... How do you make stealing someone's money sound good? Please, please come down. Okay, I got it, I got it. We thought you might be dead, holding on to your money for you. Need to talk. Have an important document regarding an old friend of yours. Your warranty is expiring. I am an Ethiopian prince. (laughs) I'm going to roll randomly to see if Sylbeth is going to go with this or not. (laughs) Mm. Uh... Yes, she is. <laughs> she's like, she's like, it sounds, it sounds uh, like a risky plan, but why not? We're, we're gonna beat up a dragonborn later for chocolate. None of our plans <laughs> nice. have a consistent. Uh, 
It's gonna be great. It was the influence mm. of the beer, I'm pretty sure. Because only a cool guy can get a group of people to rob someone else just because, <laughs> like, yeah. Charisma! I am, I am chaotic neutral, so I will sometimes just go with randomness. Uh, yeah, okay, let's do it. Excellent. So, you leave him a note, a, uh, a well-worded note, not threatening at all, and, uh, you know, in fact, even a bit cordial. Please come and see us. We've, we're keeping your money safe for you. And you head back to Merchant Harbor? Yeah, it's uh, almost midnight, I'd imagine. They're close. Clubhead, can I can I ride you? Yeah. Uh, I think that's yes, right? I hop on. It was yes. <laughs> well, I mean, you're medium, so you're a little too big for me. <laughs> Why don't you make yourself small? You said you could make yourself small. All right, I reduce my size. I cast enlarge reduce. <laughs> awesome. I immediately uh, try to grapple you with my tongue. Okay. Oh, damn. <laughs> he needed you. <laughs> Roll it. 22 versus your AC. <laughs> All right, you're grappled. And then I will sma swallow you. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> when I said ride, I didn't mean inside you. I will leap 20 feet into the air. <laughs> I leap 20 feet into the air and then vomit him out. All right, 20 feet into the air, and then you vomit him out, <laughs> and uh, that is going to be uh, a fall that Wendell takes from 20 feet. Yeah. So 2d6 falling damage. Could I try to catch him potentially? Yes, I'll give you a dexterity saving throw <laughs> to catch him. I mean, because I'm used to like catching the man anyway and all the tricks. Here we go! Bam! All right. You safely catch Wendell before he hits the ground. Oh, there we go. That's amazing. All <laughs> oh, that practice is paying off, man. We're crushing it. Oh, thank you, Bunny. I no longer wish to ride the frog. <laughs> this, this has been fun, but we should probably go. It's getting to be dusk as you arrive back in the uh, area of Merchant Harbor, and as you approach the north end of town, you hear something. You hear a fanfare coming from the town square. <gasps> oh boy. And as you enter town, oh you see dozens of people emerging from homes and businesses converging on the town square. You see Don Goose, you see Batima, you see Alcan the Impossibilist, the gnome that hey. is bad in oh, riddles. Oh, our favorite. You see Celine Whiteheath, Alain Coltan's right hand. Mm -hmm. You see Rokan, you see Dandy Griffin coming in for a landing. And Zark Coppertop is standing there holding his cane in front of him, his mm -hmm. little green eyes peering over his spectacles. Scout Schellenberg is in the gazebo, and standing next to him is a bruised and bandaged Alphonse Derpader. Hey! His companions are nowhere to be seen. And that is episode 27 of the Valley of Green Gold. The gorgeous Phoenix Brigade rides again in a two-part live stream adventure. Part one has already occurred. It is available at twitch.tv slash gamesocietypimps. It will be there available for you for a while, and then we'll move it on over to YouTube, and that will be archived on our website, ratedrpgpodcast.com. But part two of Long Live King Candy, featuring the gorgeous Phoenix Brigade, at King Candy's defunct amusement park will be taking place on Tuesday, August 29th, and we hope you can join us for it. Thank you, Nick, for putting in such a huge effort on this adventure and for your continued support. 
We couldn't make Rated RPG if we didn't have support from an awesome group of friends like you through Patreon. If you love Rated RPG and you want to support our creativity through Patreon, you can get the link at RatedRPGPodcast.com. Massive thanks to Dukes, Turtle, and Crow for all of your support, and thank you to Lord Deputy Fail as well. Nice to hear the latest scuttlebutt about the Wizard Weary, Super Justin 64, Sean Duncan, and Spidey Mouse. The Merchant Harbor Gazette tier is up, and you can join it. It also includes a rated RPG t-shirt. Thank you to our gorgeous Phoenix Brigade members, Elizabeth Parcells, Jerry Vite, and Mage. Special thanks to Johnny Garlic, Christian Go, Risky Business, and Alex Shermerhorn as well. And finally, it seems Velociraptor and Jedi have been up to the old mischiefs again. They thought that they were like Mary and Pippin. They were going to break into an old storeroom near the mines and grab up a bunch of fireworks. But then one of them tried to light his pipe full of the hobbit's leaf, and then boom goes the dynamite, and so into the bucket of friends they go. On behalf of everyone around ye old gaming table, thank you for enjoying the Rated RPG Podcast.